G'day and welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. I am your host, Jake Andre, and today I am talking to Maura Vella. So if you'd like to know more about systemization for success, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset. And I've come to discover just how important it is. I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. G'day and welcome to the episode prelude. I'm your host, Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to Maura Vella of 105F Hot Yoga. Before we get into it, if you enjoy any parts of this episode, please head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us a review. And if you're watching the video version, please, in YouTube, like, comment, and share amongst your friends. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode with Moravella. It is another one of our business-related episodes, and we are going to talk more about systemization. Now, this seems to be a bit of a theme across all of the different episodes that we've had on business, but Maura talks very much about how she has used systemization for success. Now, in this episode, we are going to get into a whole bunch of different topics from leadership to running a business to the benefits of yoga and in particular, hot yoga and hot Pilates. Now, Maura's business is 105F which is a yoga and Pilates uh, studio in Chicago. There's three uh, locations in Chicago, which make, as she points out in the episode, a bit of a triangle. Now, I learned in the episode that 105F actually stands for the temperature of the uh, of the room, so 105 degrees Fahrenheit, which I'm not sure what that is in uh, Celsius for us Australians, but it's pretty hot. I've been along and I've joined into one of the uh, in, in one of their classes. I was supposed to do two, but um, they've got stairs and that first session was so difficult. Now, it wasn't that that I didn't, that wasn't the reason why I didn't join in, um, but it was very, very difficult. I just didn't get a chance to go back to that second um, class. But I would definitely in a heartbeat if I could, if I was back in Chicago, I would definitely be at one of the 105F um, studios to do, to do a workout. So in this episode, we're going to learn how and why Morris started her hot yoga studio, how taking a proactive approach in a how to take a proactive approach in a noisy market. And that was even before smartphones. So Maura went into this business with two other business partners uh, back in the early 2000s. It's crazy to think that what life was like before smartphones and texting and stuff like that. How to incorporate a recurring revenue system in her studios that generated over $80,000 a month. How she systematized her um, to increase profits by 250% within a year. The difference between a boat and a ship in the context of Maura's business. Now, she was talking about a particular topic and I heard her say we had to turn the boat, the ship, and I really pay attention to the words that people choose to use. And it stood out to me when she said that and I asked her about that and drilled down on that. And I'm really glad that we did because it was probably, in my opinion, the, the biggest takeaway of the actual of the episode the opportunities that COVID presents, how to engage people in difficult, in difficult times, how Mora instigated change management, the softer skills of leadership, the most important factor in running a business, the most important qualities of being a leader, 
the biggest challenge for starting a boutique fitness studio. And my greatest takeaways from this episode, which I'm going to start doing a little bit more now, I really like this uh, because from the episode, we do the little clips where we send them out as like Instagram TV episodes as between one and three minutes long. And they're based on my takeaways. Now, if you have any takeaways, I would love to hear about it on Instagram and I'll talk about how to do that in a moment. But my takeaways were the value of systems. Now, this is why I've decided to name this episode Systemization for Success, because while a lot of business consultants will talk about systems, and in particular, knowing your numbers as part of the systems and all that kind of stuff, Mora really talks about systemization in multiple facets of a business and just life in general. And I think that that everything that we do should be as part of a system. My movement stuff actually is part of a system. Now, before I even thought about going to the US, when I um, heard that there was this workshop um, in the US in Chicago and then another one in LA the next week, that when I found out about, it, found out about these workshops and I was going to go to them, I hummed and hard and I actually had another yoga studio reach out to me, a hot yoga studio, reach out to me and ask if I was coming. And if I was coming, if I would be a guest speaker and deliver a workshop there. And they had come across me on another podcast, which I was a guest on. The reason why I was asked to do that, the reason why I was even asked to do the podcast episode as a guest, and then from there, asked to deliver this workshop while I was in Chicago, was because I had created a movement system. Now, mine's just, the, the, I call it the Jand movement system. Um, it's just a, the name that I've given it. But yoga is a movement system. Pilates is a movement system. These are all systems. You can have nutritional systems. I would argue that paleo, keto, um, the Mediterranean diet are all kind of systems for working through something. So they're a part of a framework. I believe you need a framework. And then from within that framework, you need a bunch of systems. And Mora talks very much about how systems are important in a business. And as I'm pointing out right here, I believe systems are important in every part of life. And even within, you can niche down within those different areas of life. My second takeaway was the most important factors in running a business. This is, I really like this one. Really smart people surround themselves with is this right? Really smart people surround themselves with smart people. So this was in relation to Maura's father and he was into teeth. That was his career. Uh, so he was, I can't remember if he was a dentist or orthodontist, but he was essentially just someone who was working in teeth. And then from there, he started the business. And so we talk about how people who are successful in business they surround themselves, or anyone who's successful, any type of success, they surround themselves with other um, successful people and so, or smart people. And we talk about this in terms of individual sports like tennis. For example, Roger Federer is not the only person in his team. He surrounds himself with other smart people, a dietitian, a strength and conditioning coach, a skills coach, mental skills coach, all these people. So it's while it might be Roger Federer standing there holding the trophy up at the end of the um, of the championship, it's actually that whole team's win. And so the successful people are the ones that surround themselves with smart people. 
I feel like I might have stuffed up a little bit, but you get my drift and how to overcome your your fear of selling. And, and that's, again, this sort of touches on a little bit of soulful selling here and how it's important to overcome your fear and how to overcome your fear in order to be able to sell. Because ultimately, uh, if you are in business, you're not going to be in business for very long or it's going to be a very rough and rocky road if you do have a fear of success and you don't want to sell anything. Okay, so... As I made mention before I started going through my takeaways, I would love to hear what your takeaways are. So if you find something that really resonates with you and you see it as a huge takeaway, please share it with us. Take a screenshot of whatever device you are listening in on or watching on and share it to your Instagram stories. And be sure to tag myself at the Mind Your Body Show with underscores in between each word, as well as Mora at 105F Hot Yoga and Let's get the conversation happening over there. I would love to know what your takeaways are. So that's enough from me. Let's get into the episode with Moravella. Without any further ado, let's go. G'day and welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. This is your host, Jacob Andre. And today I am joined by Moravella. Good. I was going to say good morning, but it's good evening for you. Hello, good Maura. Good Hi, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. We're great over here. Thank you for taking the time to be on the Mind Your Body podcast. Before we get into everything, how about you spend some time introducing yourself and telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Whew, okay, yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, as you said, my name is Mara Vella. I'm in Chicago uh, in the States. And um, I am, gosh, I, I don't even know how to, where to start. I First and foremost, I am a proud mama of three little girls. You might even see some cartoons playing in the background there for my littlest one. Um, I started my journey uh, into yoga back in 2000, I guess 2004. I'm aging myself here. Um, and I discovered it when I was uh, at a sales job, sales gig. Uh, and I found myself really stressed out uh, and just like needing to breathe. <laughs> so I found yoga. I never thought yoga could be physically challenging um, and mentally challenging, but I found my niche. And soon thereafter, in 2006, I decided to quit my corporate job and go off to yoga teacher training. And, um, and the rest is history. So I went to teacher training and I approached the, the studios that I fell in love with and the, uh, the, the owners. And I said, let's go into business together. Let's start some, some new studios. So together we opened up, um, there were two studios in Chicago. Together we opened up a third, I joined the team. And then since uh, 2000, yeah, pretty much since 2006, we've been part of a team. There's my husband in the background there too. <laughs> So, so we might make a mention to anyone who's listening that this is going across different audio streams. So um, iTunes, SoundCloud, but we've also just started doing YouTube as well. So we're recording the video and that's why you made mention that you might be able to see the cartoons playing in the background and the family in the background. And here I've had all sorts of issues with lights. And so my lights aren't perfect. And it's, as you said, it's the new normal. We're recording in September, 2020. So for anyone that is listening to just the audio, this is what we're going on about. You'll have to head on over to YouTube and see what we're going on about here. <laughs> yeah. We're all in the same uh, playing field here now that, well, I guess some people are going back to work and stuff, but um 
so yeah, anyway, I, I joined my team and we kind of grew our, our, our niche yoga, hot yoga in Chicago. Um, I really, you know, chose that path because I wanted to, I loved the way that I felt when I went in for my daily yoga class, you know, and I thought, how wonderful would it be for me to be on that end that I was giving other people that feeling of warmth and, you know, health and vitality. So that's really why I decided to change my career to move to that path to become a yoga teacher and yoga studio owner. Um, in 2017, 2016, 2017, um, we kind of discovered in Chicago, and I'm sure all over the world, um, that, uh, that, that, <laughs> that's my two-year-old okay. in the background there too. <laughs> that's okay. Do you need to tell them that they're going to be on video? <laughs> um, they're going to go, they're going to go pick up the big girls, so they'll be back. Yeah. Um, but, um. So, so I, uh, we, we discovered that the, the market was very saturated and not only that, what was once working for us where we, um, felt like we could just be really, um, uh, reactive with our kind of our sales. Um, we had to actually take a more proactive approach. There were so many options out there. There's so many, so much more noise. I mean, we started before, smartphones were around before texting was even around. It's kind of crazy to think that there was a, a world before then. So now that there's so many different options, um, how do we not only just deliver a really great service, but also um, nurture our, our clients and help them realize that like, hey, we're not just a commodity, we're here for, um, for a community, really community and feeling great. So um, once I kind of realized that we had to get our, get our game back um, and, and really develop a sales uh, program, um, I was able to uh, incorporate a recurring revenue system in our, in our studios um, that generated over $80,000 per month, um, which was awesome to know that we were going to have this predictable recurring revenue. Um, and not only that, but our profits went up by 250% within a year. I mean, we were actually spending, even though we were a, um, um, a seven figure business, uh, we were spending more than what we were bringing in. And so we shifted a lot of our systems around. Um, going through that whole process of systemizing and coming up with a sales program and really having a structured, nurtured system with our, uh, with our students and our clientele, it, it really uh, uh, allowed me to find a new calling because I understood that, you know, there's lots of other small business, uh, business owners out there that are really passionate and really great about their product or their service or their widget, whatever it is that they are trying to put out there. And so um, at that point, when I was able to kind of turn the boat around with our, turn the ship around with our own studios um, and become a, a more profitable business again, um, I felt like I needed to help other small business owners do the same thing.
that's, so that's awesome. me. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'm a stickler for words. I absolutely love listening to the words that people use. And you just change then from turn the boat around to change to turn the ship around. What was the reason behind that? Um, because a little boat, well, first of all, I think it's an idiom. So, and I'm, I'm notorious for mixing up my metaphors and saying something that's supposed to be what it's supposed to be like, but then mixing it up somehow. Um, but, but, but in this context, it was really a big ship. We have three huge yoga studios in Chicago. It wasn't just like a little pivot it was like a huge undertaking we changed our back-end software we changed our uh, whole we actually changed our logo our whole marketing scheme uh, we changed our website um, and we had over 40 employees that we had to get on board with this new program and and get bought in to the changes that we were implementing so yeah it wasn't just a little boat it was more like a big cruise ship yeah, and that's exactly uh, I knew because your studio. So I've been to your studio. We met in July, August, twenty nineteen, and you kindly gave a couple of us who were coming over for a workshop, um, free a free class, and I think it was actually a couple of free classes. It was seriously one of the hardest things I've ever done physically. This hot yoga class, and I come from Darwin, which is a tropical city. It's hot and humid. It's 35 degrees. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, probably pushing a hundred. Um, yeah. I'm just making that up. I'm not sure, but it's, I think it's it is. I think you're right. I think it is very Something hot like and humid. And this environment of this studio was just, I think I was the only person who had a shirt on and <laughs> within 15 minutes, that shirt was completely soaked and it came off and I joined the rest of the crowd my mat was completely soaked. It was soaked all around my mat. I was really, I was burning in muscles that I didn't know I had. Um, but in that class, I got to discover your community and it's a phenomenal community and you've got several different studios and I know how big they are. So I follow you on social media, your businesses on social media and I get your emails. I'm subscribed to the emails. And what I've seen, particularly through the 2020 COVID pandemic, is that I, it looks to me like you are a world leader in the way you have pivoted and in what you are offering both online and in person and the way you've done all this stuff. So that's why I thought you were going to say it wasn't a boat, it was a ship because you're running a massive um, company yeah. with these three studios. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all, for, for, um, for saying that, for saying that, you know, that you, that you recognize us as a world leader, that's really touching. And it's, you know, when, when COVID happened, um, everybody was like, kind of on this even playing field. It was interesting just to see who was off and running, you know, it was almost like a horse race at this point. And, and how do you pivot? And what kind of ways are you going to pivot? And now that we're about six months into this change, this new normal, right? Um, yeah, you have to be nimble. So, you know, going on online and doing the online courses, um, you and I were talking a little bit offline, Jacob, and it, it's, been, it's been pretty cool because um, our teachers, Chicago can be kind of a transient city. Um, you know, people come and go and, and, 
over the past 19 years that we've actually been in business, uh, we've had many different teachers come and go, but they're all part of our family. And so what's been really neat in the last six months is we're able to incorporate members of our family that moved away and have them teach some of these online classes. So it's really, um, really touching to see kind of old faces coming back on the, on the screen, right? Um, and so, yeah, incorporating some other ideas, like we talked about some workshops, some virtual workshops. Um, now that we're beginning to open back up slowly, you know, just making sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable. Um, you know, it, it, we don't know what we don't know and we don't know how people feel. So we wanna make sure that there's lots of different options out there so that, well, we can provide health and wellness to them and that we can also be sustainable and stay uh, relevant and in business so that hopefully when we're able to return back to kind of our fuller capacities in our brick and mortar, um, we're able to ramp up that, but also keep this virtual uh, extra revenue stream around so that we can reach worldwide. One of the things that we spoke about off air before we went on air was the virtual meditation camp, summer camp, which I think is so cool. And just to quickly go back, I don't say what I said lightly because I follow a lot of different studios across the world and your stuff, it was definitely a world leader in what you started implementing very, very quickly. Definitely one of the first and the most comprehensive. And one of the things I like most is your payment options and so your mm. packages and the simplicity of that and the ability to be able to go, I want a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then to uh, upgrade and, and all that. that that's what I, I really like the most. But then when I started seeing these other alternatives to just the, hey, here's a live Zoom um, yoga class, those summer meditation camps and those sorts of things. And you can just, you can tell from the emails that you have a very, very engaged community. Thank you. I, I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I also have to mention, like, I cannot take credit for all of this. I kind of planted the seeds a couple of years ago, but like, I have an amazing team. I've got two amazing business partners and we've got uh, this just, and, and I keep saying the word amazing, right? But there's no other word. Like we have really dedicated staff that just love, love to make other people feel welcome and, and, and healthy. And so by coming up with different ideas that are a little bit out of what was in our, you know, our, our normal uh, capacity um, is just how we have to stay in the game in terms of being relevant um, it, right here. in you know, it's the end, end of the summer here. So summer months are typically a little bit slower anyway in our industry, um, especially since we serve hot yoga. <laughs> People, <laughs> People like heat uh, in the in the winter here, and it's it's definitely winter here. Uh, you know, it's cold here a lot, but um, but now that things are starting to open up, just being able to, like you said, that that um, meditation camp. You know, like oh, do we need meditation more now than ever? Right? Because there's this malaise and and and, and almost ennui. Uh, you know, just like you know, same old, same old. Don't get to do you know anything right now. 
Um, but but having some different options and, and, and engaging different types of people that might not feel like they want to come back into the studio um, and, and, and visit our community. How can we just keep a community even, and we're all navigating this new normal in terms of how to stay connected. We're, we're really um, wired to want to be connected. So it's uncomfortable to not be connected to people. So how can we engage people in different ways where they can feel their best during these kind of difficult times? Yeah, I think I can't go past the fact that you're talking about people a lot um, and in particular your staff. So you mentioned you had 40 staff you had to try and get on board with that change management. Um, I really wanna know more about how you went about that because that's something that can go across any industry, um, that change management, getting people on board um, and I'm sure there were some that didn't and probably you, you lost, um, but that's just the way it goes with change management. And then just with everything that's happened through COVID and how things have changed and how you've kept people connected, like, how do you, how do you go about that? Um, I mean, it's funny because a, a lot, I don't think so much anymore, but sometimes we overlook some of these softer skills. Uh, in, in running a business or, or running a community uh, and being a leader, right? So being a leader and, and creating buy-in so that the people around you feel safe and happy. Um, uh, in terms of the change management, yeah, you know, it's um, showing that I, I like to think of it as like a little bit of storytelling, right? Like, okay, so here we are, um, We've got this conflict. The conflict at the time was uh, we're making money, but we're spending more money than we're making. Therefore, we're not going to be in this is this is like a hobby right now. <laughs> we're not going to be in business much, much longer if we if we keep on that trajectory. So so what do we need to do? What do we need to change? Well, I've taken the time. I hired a coach. And uh, I skilled myself up to learn what it is that we need to do to make the change, to fill the gap so that we can uh, move forward and, and be profitable so that you can have a job and you can serve other people so that they can feel their best selves, right? That's what we're in the business for at our yoga studio. Um, so, you know, that's the conflict, but I have, I have the path to get us there. So here's what we need to do. And then breaking it down, like, here's what we need to do. Are you on board? Do you want to do this? And yeah, there were a couple of people that are like, mm, I don't know, this doesn't feel right, you know, whatever it was. And so it's like having that transparent conversation. I think leadership is a lot about vulnerability and transparency, but also, um, um, also being strong, you know, holding your ground, doing the, doing the hard work. I don't have all the answers. That's why I hired a coach to help me, right? But as long as I'm able to like be like, I see the vision, I have the path to get there. Now I need you to get on board because I cannot do it by myself, right? And so that was kind of how we led that transition. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What do you think are the most important qualities of running a business or being in management um, in a leadership role? Well, because those are two just, different questions. Yeah. So for running a business, uh, I would say that the most important thing is 
knowing your numbers and knowing your financials and realizing that, yes, you can bring in sales, kind of like I said, bring in lots of sales, but your expenses could be outweighing your sales. So understanding, and some of our brains aren't really wired this way because again, like we said, we get into, you know, a small business, in my case, a yoga business, and it's because I love yoga. I love how I feel. I love teaching. But when you transition it into a business, you got to think about what's that engine? It's the financials. And then what comes around with the financials? Well, you've got the sales, you've got the marketing, you've got the recruiting, you've got the leadership, you've got this whole thing swirling around that actually makes this financial engine grow and grow and grow. So as a business owner, I think knowing your numbers, uh, it's funny, so my, my colleagues and I talk about cool kids know their numbers, you know, and my, um, my business advising role, because you've got to know your numbers in order to, um, ha to get to that vision that you want to get to. And not having a vision is, is actually a, a, uh, is, is a problem as well. Like if you're just in business, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, okay, <laughs> get ready for some bumpy, Rides here, like have a vision and then drill down to what does that mean to get to that vision? Well, I need to get this many members in. I need to have this pricing in order. Like all of these things are, are part of running the business. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to think about that stuff. I just want to do what I love. And that's fine until it's not fine until you're like completely burned out. And you're like that thing that I loved yoga I freaking hate it now because I'm there 24 seven. I never get, you know, I never get to go out. I don't have a life. Oh, and by the way, I don't have a paycheck, you know? So that's kind of why I got into the position where I am now with advising other people, because that is the last thing that we need. We need people who love what they do and are really good at it, but are also a sustainable business where it's an energy exchange and you are taking care of yourself um, so anyway, I don't know if that answered that question in terms of leading the team, that's a whole other aspect of the business, right? So that's like, and sometimes being good at the financials, that guy isn't the same guy that's leading the team. Sometimes you need to find that yin and yang where you've got the synergies so that the people person can really buy in the rest of the team and lead the journey. Yeah. And so do you think in your experience that most people who go into a health and wellness type business, do they typically struggle more than other businesses with the financials because they, they just love yoga or Pilates or just exercise fitness, whatever it might be so much. They just kind of get into it and then all of a sudden they feel like they're underwater and go, what is all this stuff knowing the numbers? I think, I mean, I don't want to make any generalizations. Uh, in my experience, I would say yes. I, I would say that's kind of the journey where somebody, uh, you know, explores and feels really good about uh, whatever the modality is, you know, Pilates, yoga, you know, cycling, I can go, you know, kickboxing, I can go on and on and on. Um, so whatever that modality is, and they're like, this feels really good to me. I want to share this with somebody else. And so they're like, hey, whatever, I can just open up my own business and share it, you know? And, and so just because they're a really good 
teacher doesn't necessarily mean that they're a really good business person. This isn't isolated to just boutique fitness either. This can be, um, you know, it's funny. I remember growing up, uh, my dad was a, an orthodontist. He's retired now. But I remember a lot of his colleagues who were dentists and orthodontists, like, and it didn't, it didn't really resonate with me until recently because like my dad went to school to learn how to fix people's teeth. He didn't necessarily go to school to learn how to run a business, which is what he had. He had a business where he had to run. And he, I remember he would share with me that some of his colleagues just didn't know how to run a business because that's not what they were taught. They were taught to fix teeth, you know? So it's like, two totally different things that you have to get that guidance and, um, and, 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 and knowledge. And, and so if you don't have that already, you've got to get it from somebody else so that they can share with you their knowledge and their wisdom. Really smart people don't do it all by themselves. They surround themselves with smart people as their mentors and their guidance so that they can get smarter and everybody lifts each other up. And I think that's what sport personally has taught me because if you look at someone like Roger Federer, he, he might be the one receiving the trophy at the end of a, a championship, but there's a team around him. He has a coach, he has a fitness coach, he has a, a masseuse, he has all these people, dietitian. It's, it's, a t it, it's always it's a, a team. It's a team. It's a team. It's not, yeah. I mean, it takes a talented person to get in that spot, but then they're only going to go so far. There's a ceiling unless they surround themselves with all the people around that lift them up higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And so what do you see as the biggest challenge for someone starting a new, and let's stick with the um, fitness niche um, or one of the niches within fitness, but like, what do you see as the biggest challenge for someone starting a business, particularly a boutique fitness studio? The biggest challenge uh, for starting that, I guess I would say is you're coming down to the, the nuts and the bolts, um, you know, getting the right spot. If you are going brick and mortar right now, I'm not quite sure now is the right time, but there will be a, a good time again, because I don't think that there, I mean, I don't think there's any replacement for like a 3D human interaction. <laughs> you know, even though we've got virtual as a pivot and a kind of a substitute and, and maybe, you know, it's here to stay as well. I also think that, you know, we need human connection, but that's an aside. Um, so, so just really knowing your numbers and figuring out, okay, well, the rent is going to be this. What are my other fixed expenses that I need to run the, the studio that don't change no matter what that's fixed expense. So it's like the utilities, anything, even if you don't have one single client walk through the door, what are those expenses? And then kind of um, identifying from there, okay, now I need teachers if I need any instructors and, and what is their price, but, but they're kind of a variable cost because I'm not going to pay them unless I actually have clients coming in the door. And so figuring out what all of that means and then figuring out what the capacity is and then coming up with that right price point is going to be the most essential thing. And then from there, you go into the other aspects, you know, like the, the, the sales. And it's, you know, sometimes people hear sales and they're like, oh, I don't want to sell anybody anything. And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's you're sharing, you are educating, you, you know, like 
I think that you can really benefit from the services that I have. How do you feel? I feel, I feel amazing. Well, then why wouldn't you want to feel amazing every day, all day for the rest of your life? You know? And it's like, why does it have to be like, do you want to buy something? No, it's like, of course you have to buy something. You can't put a price on your life, right? And how great you feel. So here's what I have to offer you based on your goals, your lifestyle, your budget, everything, and then fit them into the right package for them. So, so, so having that wherewithal too, because I, I, I see a lot of uh, boutique uh, fitness owners that are like, well, I don't want to sell. It's like, well, then... <laughs> then you're in the wrong business because that's, that's what you're doing. You're selling health. You have to, that is what you were designed to do. Sell it and get the money that you deserve so that you can live a healthy lifestyle too. Yeah. That's such good advice. And so at what point I just want to track around on the three different studios. At what point did, did you start off with just one and then go, Oh, we're getting too big. Like how did the decision come about to go to two and then to three? Yeah, so I joined, I joined my partners in the journey uh, after there were already two around. It was actually right after the second one opened up. I do know that my business partners kind of, when they, when they uh, started these studios, they opened up in 2001. Um, you know, hot yoga was kind of, it's hard to think back 20 years, but hot yoga was, was kind of new back then. Now it's, you know, pretty mainstream, but there weren't any hot yoga studios in Chicago at all. And so uh, neither one of them were from Chicago. They said, let's go to Chicago and open up a studio because that's where the business need is. And I guess that would be the first thing too. Is there a need for whatever product or service that you have? Like, is there a need? If there is, boom, that's your opportunity. So they, they, they found themselves in a great opportunity. Um, they opened up the first studio with minimal like build out. I think it was less than $10,000 that they put into it, which was awesome. And we still have the same, um, the same, the same studio right now. And then part of their, part of their vision was because Chicago is such a metropolitan area. There's lots of opportunity. It's also very transient. There's lots of people coming in um, and lots of, lots of young people, you know, it's like, a, you know, it's a vibrant community. So um, there's lots of different neighborhoods within the city. And so I, part of their original business plan was to open up a second or perhaps a third and a fourth, you know, if the opportunity um, came about. So uh, three years after, uh, the first one was built. We opened up, and, and that was in 2004, our Lincoln Park location. That was about the time that I started practicing, and I was like, this, this is a game changer for me. Um, and then there's a little bit of a hiatus between, so we actually opened up our third one in uh, 2011. I spent a, a long five years trying to find that perfect spot. We got pretty close with a couple of them. And then, um, you know, it got a little messy, but finally we did find that sweet spot in 2011. And so how did you find that sweet spot with that venue? What was it about that place? It's a long journey, but um, part of what we really wanted um, was having a huge open area where we could fit you know our model was to fit in 50 60 maybe even 70 people if 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 needed into one large studio so everybody could experience it together 
Um, so finding a space that was big enough, but also visually appealing. So, you know, when you have a 2000 square foot um, space, typically you have pillars blocking a view. And so uh, aesthetically and, and, and um, you know, just kind of that, that feeling that, uh, what's it, feng shui uh, mm. feel, we didn't want the obstructions in anybody's way. We wanted it to be big and open. So it sounds so silly, but finding a space without those, um, those, those the obstructions was, was pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> so whereabouts, I want to know whereabouts exactly your three studios are. So I came to Chicago for the first time in August, 2019, as I said earlier, I've been to some of the world's best cities, Sydney, LA, London, Rome, Paris, Chicago. I seriously rate, and there's more than that, but I'm not going to list them all. But I seriously rate Chicago as one of the top three cities in the world. As soon as I got there, the place, do you reckon places just have a vibe? It does. Like there's an energy. There's some, I thought London was the same. It really surprised me actually. There's just an energy about the place. Like there's a pulse and Chicago gave me that, that feeling. And I was staying um, in, in downtown. And the thing that I really liked most about Chicago is it was so easy to get one of those Divi bikes. You paid three bucks or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I rode up to your studio. It was the silly mistake to ride up there um, after having done that. Because, and then I don't know what you were thinking with this venue having stairs to walk out. That's just cruel. <laughs> and did the class as i said it was one of the hardest things i ever did physically this hot yoga class walked down the stairs, kind of limped down the stairs jumped back on a bike <laughs> again to like ride back to my hotel and the thing with chicago that i really like is that all of your walkways are about three to five meters wide they're some of the widest walkways i've ever seen but the bikes aren't allowed on them they're for people only and so there's this um bike track and oh, right, the car yeah. The, the cars just give, I couldn't believe that the third biggest city in the U S and no one ever beat. Um, I'm sure it sure it happens. I was only there for a week, but I had no trouble. Cars were giving way to you. I, I just thought it was crazy that. Wow. You, right away. you did have a good experience that rosy uh, colored lens glasses there. Um, it, it does. It definitely does have a bite. Thank you. I mean, like that was, I'm not originally from Chicago, but I found that same kind of energy, which was what made me want to move here too. I will say the summer months when you were here are pretty spectacular. So, um, and it was, you know, really nice weather when you were here. Um, Chicagoans really live for the summer. So because probably nine months out of the year, it's cold. Um, so for those three months, uh, you know, everybody's smiling and happy and just, you know, charming as ever. So I'm glad that you loved it. I'm glad that you came in August. That's the best time to come. Yeah. So my question was, um, I just needed to get that little endorsement out for Chicago because I loved it. Uh, the question was, um, whereabouts are your three venues and how far apart? All right. Yeah, so uh, so the first one was in Wicker Park, which is actually the neighborhood that I live in. Um, I, it's, it's like a five-minute walk from where I live. Um, the second one is in Lincoln Park, which is about three miles. Uh, it's, it's three, well, and I know... <laughs> I don't know the metric system, uh, what that means, but <laughs> but it's three miles from us, which is uh, it's uh, north and east of here. And then the South Loop Studio 
uh, is about three miles away from both of those. So it's a nice triangle, actually. Uh, is that a triangle? Triangle <laughs> from <laughs> from each one of them. That looks like a diamond that I just made. But um, so we, we kind of made a nice triangle around the city um, to kind of hit all the different areas. And each, each uh, studio is very unique in the the clientele that it attracts, right? Like each area um, has its own diversity, which is pretty pretty cool to see. Um, and then, you know, some of our, our students and clients, they travel among all three. They're all easy to get to. It just depends on, um, you know, the time sometimes, you know, um, we have different times along the days and uh, the different teachers and then maybe just different ambiance that people want to hang out at. Yeah, cool. Um, Maura, I just want to acknowledge you for everything that you do for the people of Chicago in delivering <laughs> all of these yoga and Pilates studio, uh, studios, the three that you've got. And now all the people across the world, um, we were talking before we went on air about how I think people are able to access more now because so, for example, I met some instructors in Chicago who have now done stuff for me, ran classes for me um, from Chicago and other parts of the world, actually, but Chicago in particular. And so awesome. we're able to have this greater reach. And so now you're able to reach more people as well. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, uh, things open up when you don't realize that it's even available and then you, you know, have to pivot and then it's, kind of cool because yeah we're we're reaching worldwide uh with our classes um and we're also having you know in studio there's just more options now which is pretty cool to see that um you know the silver lining of this pandemic was it was able to kind of open up some new opportunities that we wouldn't have even considered had we not had to have been forced to consider them yeah so i acknowledge you for what you've done for people all across the world in terms of delivering um, health and wellness and what you've done for your employees and the amazing community that you've built with your businesses. Um, what you're doing as a business coach and now coaching people in health and fitness studios who own health and fitness studios, which is pretty cool. Um, and I want to thank you for your time today. What is the best way to connect with you so people can continue to follow the journey of more Bella? Uh, yeah, the best way, you know, I uh, thank you, by the way, Jacob, uh, this was a pleasure. And I'm so glad that we got to chat um, and see each other again. It's been a year. Um, best way to get in touch with me, I would say is to email. Uh, my email is Mara, M-A-U-R-A, at, and this is my, this is my business uh, address. Um, actually, I'll keep it simple. Mara at 105 f as in fahrenheit.com that's pretty easy so that's your email 105f and that's the name of the the three studios all three that's all three mm -hmm. yes yeah. and is that because that's the temperature of the room that's the temperature of the room 105 degrees fahrenheit that's right yeah there you go so that must be i reckon it, it's hot <laughs> <laughs> it's hot it's hot and of course that's what the idea behind hot yoga is um, so awesome. So Maura at 105f.com. 
and we'll link that up in the show notes. Before we, I let you go, I always finish off with what's called a 10 in 10. So 10 quick questions in 10 seconds. So 10 seconds per question. I've been taking notes as you've been talking and what you've said. You, you can really get, you can go beyond. I'm not too strict on the 10 seconds if you okay, want to talk right, for longer. <laughs> um, but I just want whatever comes to mind first. So whenever I say something, you can either um, give me the first word. It might be a simple word or it might be a full sentence or it might be like a complete long spiel. But I finish okay. it off with the same question for everyone, which um, I'm really interested to hear what yours is. And it's going to, after this conversation, it's going to seem like it's a bit left field because it's got nothing really to do with health and fitness. It's just something that I'm interested in. We'll have a laugh. Okay. About that oh, gosh. Okay. Let's build up. Now I'm nervous. Let's right. do it. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Question one the importance of niching. niching. <laughs> the import so I need to give you one word is that it or oh, no, no, I go can... for as long whatever whatever it comes to mind uh uh the points of niching oh gosh uh being um uh extraordinary number two tech options tech options this is so random uh zoom Oh, there's no, there's no, yeah, these are going to be completely, there's some that are going to blow your mind with how I end up getting to that. Number three, pivoting. <laughs> oh, I use that word a lot. Uh, moving, being nimble, being adjustable, just moving forward, doesn't matter, not looking back. Number four, Chicago. Friendly, happy, good energy. Number five, change management. Mm. Buy-in, getting the buy-in from your, from your team. Very good. Number six, leadership. Uh, Self-development, vulnerability, transparency, and, um, and, and um, listening to everybody around you probably a little bit linked to that but number seven uh running a team yeah it's linked um i'll say finding the right people so that you don't have you know getting setting yourself up for success by hiring the right people i guess that's the best way to say it Okay, I'm going to take a little side note here, a little sidestep. Would you have any tips for hiring the right people? Definitely, definitely. I think uh, hiring slowly and thoughtfully instead of just saying, I need to get somebody in this role is uh, paramount. Uh, I've run into you know, some of my uh, clients that I work with as business owners and you know, they've hired people just to fill a gap that they thought that they needed just a warm body and we've discovered that that's not the case. And so sometimes, you know, people have to go back to their employees and say, listen, I, I set you up for failure because I didn't give you the garden rails that you need. And, I, and, and maybe I'm trying to get you to do something that isn't really necessarily in your wheelhouse or it's not one of your strengths. So that's kind of, uh, that, that's a difficult position. I would rather have everybody hire slowly, get the right team in place, being very thoughtful, deliberate, um, because that whole process is, is not easy to, to get somebody on board 
but also to keep them happy and healthy. And, you know, ideally you want to get your employees on forever and ever and ever. You don't have to go through the turnover. So that's a whole other subject that we can chat about. <laughs> but I just want to drill down on that. So what would be your first hire? What would be my first hire? Yeah. What do you think is the, the first hire generally that's probably the most likely for most people? In what context? Uh, so would it be it? like someone for sales, someone like a, an assistant, personal assistant or virtual assistant? Would it be someone in marketing? Um, would it be a manager that manages the studio? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to just generalize. I think it's, it's more of a conversation, trying to figure out where the needs are, maybe where... Uh, as a business owner, where my weaknesses are. So I need to kind of fill in that gap and, and help serve something that I'm not that great at. I don't think it's a, it's a one size fits all. I think it's more of a, a, a deep dive discussion. That's great. So it's unique to the yeah. individual. Unique, yeah. Yeah. All right. Number eight, back on track, hot yoga. Mm, sweaty, uh, exhilarating. I can go on and on, uh, cleansing, uh, you know, life changing. I'll stop there. That was it for me. Number nine, Feng Shui. Feng Shui. Oh yeah. Um, good vibes, good feeling, uh, good space. All right. Now this is the all important number 10. If you could go, this is the crazy one. This is what it's like living inside my head. If you could go back in time or forward in time, which would you choose and why? Um, I wouldn't go back in time. Um, I, you know, that, that's a, that is a tough question. And it, you know, it's something that I'm working on within myself. I am so happy right now with everything that I've learned and, uh, you know, just experienced up to this moment. I, you know, lots of experiences. Uh, the older I get, the wiser I get. Um, I gotta say, I just want to be right here, right now, present. I have no desire to go back or move forward. I just want to be here. That's great. I've actually never had that response before. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Mara, it's thank true. you for Yeah, well, that's that's great. It's I can't believe I've never actually had that. I'm, I'm here, comes, kind of, here comes all of my kids, so you'll see why I love to be, just be in the moment with my with everybody. Oh, here they all go. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just about to finish finish the recording. We'll let it keep going for a second, and they can all wave and oh, say hello. We got all the little people here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. that's probably time for us to sign off then. Thank you very much, Maura. Thank you for being a guest on the Mind Your Body podcast. Thanks, Jacob. Are you frustrated that no matter how much you try, no matter how good you plan to eat, no matter how much you intend to exercise, you just can't seem to stay on track with your health and fitness goals? Do you feel like your best of intentions to have more energy and feel better about yourself results in having even less energy and feeling down? What if there was something you were missing? What if eating healthy was actually enjoyable? What if you looked forward to exercise? What if moving more could actually be really easy? I've put together a free ebook just for you, detailing the strategies for having more energy and feeling better about yourself. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. To get instant access absolutely free, simply visit jacobandre.com. That's J-A-C-O-B-A-N-D-R-E-A-E.com.